Hi, humanity. This is Christine Dikonge, your host. And I am back again with a new story to share with you while we are on attente social distancing. I hope you're well, fam, and that you're taking care of you and your loved ones. Yes, that's right. We are in the middle of a pandemic and family, solidarity, friends, and love are the cures against fear and adversity. On our first episode, we were interviewing Fatima Patel, an immunology professional from France. Today, we are in North America. And for our first segment, though, we are still playing sounds from Africa. The song that's currently playing right now, our jingle, our welcoming song, is from the late Manu Dibango, a Cameroonian Afro-jazz and Makosa legend. The title is Tropical Garden. We are discovering today in Aben Woha uh, from Daddy Lumba. He's singing in the Twi dialect of the Akan language, spoken mainly by the Akan people, who are the largest of the 17 major ethnic groups in Ghana. This segment was curated by our guest speaker, Nana Kwaku. So let's get into this tune while we warm up for our next story. So together, let's inhale. Exhale. And welcome. You're now listening to On Attente, the podcast. From Toronto to New York to Accra, today we are highlighting our essential workers, our heroes during this pandemic. They may not get all the glory that usually comes from being called a hero, but listen, our essential workers are putting their lives on attente to keep us all healthy. So we are hosting a modern hero today. His name is Nana Kwaku. He lives in the Bronx, New York City, in the United States of America. He holds a bachelor in business technology. He's an essential worker working in the front line of this pandemic. He currently works in one of the top hospitals in New York City as a healthcare material management expert. We had the chance to speak with him in between his shifts, and we're so grateful to have him today. Nana, thank you for trusting Onatant, for sharing your story with the rest of the world. Welcome. Hey, how are you? So I'm so happy to have uh, Nana Kwaku here with us today. And uh, thank you so much for joining us uh, in our podcast. Oh, thank you for the invite. I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, so Nana, uh, where are you right now? I am currently in New York City. Um, I'm actually in a hotel um, courtesy of my uh, New, York, New York Presbyterian Hospital. They did like a employee accommodation. Okay. During this pandemic. Okay, so fast a little bit. Let's just backtrack a little bit. So, can you tell uh, my listeners uh, what do you do? Are you consider a essential worker or a non-essential worker in the city of uh, New York City? I am essential. 
Um, you are an essential worker. So yes, basically an essential worker means that you, do you have to go every day to work or you can do your job online? Oh no, I have to, I have to be physically at my location. At your location. And what sort of jobs are you, are you doing? Um, right now, what I do at the hospital is material management, mm-hmm. supply chain. So okay. basically, um, basically is um, making sure that we have enough uh, supplies and materials for the okay. necessary OR rooms or different tar- parts of rooms in the hospital. Okay, so you just mentioned something. You talk about supply supply chain, and you also talk about material. And we know that this COVID nineteen situation that has brought the entire, um, you know, hospital in short age, and every different country in short age. So my question to you is: as you were managing those the different equipment that a hospital can have, like. What was your strategy around the shortage of masks? I heard like what sort of shortage are you guys experiencing right now? Um, we're trying to keep the as in our department, we're trying to keep as much in-house mm-hmm. as much as possible. Yes, we also did have to order a lot. It did take some time because obviously um we're not the only hospitals that's trying to get as many masks and gloves um, and gowns within the hospital to uh, supply our nurses and doctors. Mm-hmm. So um, what we did was we pretty much round up any type of masks and gloves and gowns that we had previously. Mm-hmm. Um, and we pretty much stored them in our, in our um, loading dock area. Mm-hmm. And we gave out as many as we can, but without giving too much. Meaning okay. um, we gave like at least two two big boxes of, of masks and gloves so to suffice um those particular areas until mm-hmm. we got our big our big shipments that came in later on okay and that so now everything is good you got your big shipment that came on yeah for the most part um we we have an, we have as much of supplies and masks as we can get and then we also have some backups so mm-hmm. we're just, at the same time, we're not trying to give out everything all at once. Mm-hmm. So we're just, we're just, you know, trying to make sure we had conversations with mm-hmm. you know, certain managers and nurses to say, hey, listen, we do have this amount, but at the same time, take heed as how much as you use. Some people, you know, they'll like to just take as many for their as personal stuff. Personal, uh, and it's, and uh, you know, somehow you, you can understand that, right? Because they are the frontliner. And, mm-hmm. you know, they should be having everything. And obviously, we're running into short age. And as part of your job as a supply chain manager, you need to ensure that we have enough for a long term, right? Exactly. Yep. Okay. Uh, so now my next question here will be, you know, I we're talking about New York City. And New York City, just correct me if I'm wrong, but New York City is considered the epicenter of the the, the disease right now in, in, in the state, right? Yes. We're our, we are one of the... Epicenter. The biggest of, the, of this virus, correct. And just for the audience, I'm just reading uh, reading it from online right now. As of today, April 19, there's 134,436 confirmed cases in the city of New York with 1,818 uh, recovered and 10,022 deaths. Um, as we're talking about death and the fatalities around uh, this uh, COVID-19, here in Toronto, there's uh, this... Um, thing that we're looking at and we're looking at the fact that this epidemic like this COVID-19 is really touching the, the people that it's touching the most are black American is this is this a fake news is it can you do you know something around that like it, um 
for what I know and what we've seen is touching every part mm-hmm. of of any type of race. Exactly. You know, the in the beginning of this whole of this whole center, it was a lot of rumors. There were a lot of myths. Mm-hmm. You know, from it was only old people were getting it, um, mm-hmm. um, and the black people rest- cannot get it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, so once once that changed, the whole narrative changed. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's it's all about. At the end of the day, it's all about how you take care of yourself during this pandemic. Mm-hmm. You know, unfortunately, for most of us, um, there's still people out there, you know, especially minorities, that still feel like this thing is not as real as real as it as it's you know everybody's saying it because of many different factors. You know, you know, mm-hmm. some people might feel like, oh, I'm not sick, I'm fine, I'm well, I can do what I want. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to listen to the stay home you know, quarantine myself because that's not how I am. So I'm going to go outside. And if I get it, I get it type mentality. Like a little bit like what people were doing before when, you know, the before we locked down and they saw that the yes. price of the flight were cheap. Well, I'm going to go if I die, I die type of thing. But that's really responsible. Exactly. Yeah. And it goes back to what we said earlier of the whole myth of, well, I'm black. So our immune system is good. So it's not good. We're not going to get attracted to it. But in reality, if you look at things, Black people still get flus. Mm-hmm. Black people get any type of sickness. sickness. Our counterparts get. It's all about how you take care of yourself. Exactly. And if you go out thinking that you're not going to get it, I always like to say to people as well that if you're not a frontliner, try as much as to, you know, try, try to protect yourself, right? Because if you're not a frontliner, then don't risk your health. And obviously we need to have an essential worker. Then, you know, how are we going to function, right? Exactly. So exactly. now you say that now because of your role at the hospital, your, so your, your hospital is quarantining all their employees. Is that, is that correct? In the hotel? Uh, um, yes, it's, a, it's an accommodation um, request. Um, not everybody does it. Mm-hmm. It's something that you fill out. Um, okay. I, I only did it because for me, it was a little bit better traveling wise, mm-hmm. um, especially because I do overnight yes. now. Mm-hmm. So uh, to me, I felt like I'm closer to the hospital mm-hmm. and I could go in and out. And plus I'm protecting my, my, my parents at the same yes, time. A hundred percent. And so. that's way more important. That was my next question. Like how, how are you dealing with it more per, on the personal level? Obviously, if you have to be an essential worker and if you have the uh, capacity, you know, uh, if you do the, can do the request for yourself, you had to make that request and, Fortunately for you, you're quarantined and doing this whole thing. But the, the, the other thing is you, you won't be able, you're not seeing your family. Yeah, that's the only thing. You know, I still keep in touch with them. You know, mm-hmm. they, they always want to make sure that I'm okay. Are you okay? Oh, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm well, doing... I'm sure that you're okay too, right? Oh, no, I'm fine. You know, um, I just have hope and faith that everything will come together. You know, as long as people go through the things that they need to do. To do to 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 get better you know i know you know unfortunately i do know some people that have gotten it oh i'm very sorry to hear um but at the same time they took their necessary precautions to stay quarantined themselves do the full 14 days isolated from everybody else and and after that you know they've gotten better um unfortunately i know people that had family members that didn't make it which is unfortunate um, so it's, it's, it's a, mm. it's a tricky, it's a very tricky situation that's going on right now, you know? 
So yeah. yeah, and how are you? How how do you how do you do to cope? Like when what how do you do when you're not working? Like what is your uh, what do you do to kind of cope and go navigate throughout this uh, COVID 19 situation? Um, for the most part, I try to keep myself busy. Um, just busy in a way like try to like when I get to work, I'm at work. When I get out of work, I try to keep my mind away from it. So I'll just I'll sit down, I'll watch some shows, you know, I I brought my PlayStation with me, so I'll just mm-hmm. try to keep my keep my mind sane mm-hmm. before I go into work. So, you know. And then at the same time, I always try to keep in contact with people. Yeah. To make sure that everybody's doing good on their part mm-hmm. also. You know. Yeah, well, uh Thank you so much for sharing all of this with me today. And like, I'm so happy to, like, we finally, we finally have this opportunity <laughs> to talk about this, right? Exactly. <laughs> you know, this is a long time coming. It's a long time coming. And I say that, you know, my first podcast was about the science behind, uh, the first episode was the science behind the COVID-19 and really mm-hmm. getting to the status quo. And the status quo was stay home if you cannot, if you cannot. And this exactly. um, episode two, I wanted to, value you know essential worker like yourself that is that are still frontliner because you are with the frontliners as, as yourself right so you consider a frontliner as well because you're part of the healthcare um healthcare industry and going into a yeah. hospital it's like a war zone so we yeah. are so yeah. we're we're all we're all you know yes yes the the doctors and the nurses are the frontline yeah um dealing with the patients front front and center but you know as a whole we're all in the exactly. hospital world we're all working together from you know from from you know from my from my my department bringing into the supplies mm-hmm. to central from central sterling making sure that any type of materials is sterilized for doctors and nurses to even our our evs housekeeping crew that's making sure that everything is clean and and um safety safe mm-hmm. for for these doctors to work in exactly. these type of environments. So you're a so, frontliner, yeah. That's that's yeah. what I'm saying. It's your frontliner as well. Like, that's exactly what I've I've been trying to push. Like the narrative. Yes, it's true that our doctor are frontliner, but around them there's a barrier around them, and those people that are around them are also frontliner with them because it's a whole team, right? Mm-hmm. It's a whole uh, operation. Yeah, you know we you know we. We do the we do the best we can, mm-hmm. and we work and we work hard every day just to make sure that you know the people we take that do come to us. We try to take care of them as much as we can. The last thing that we always that we never want is mm-hmm. you know somebody perish in front of us. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. but one thing one thing I do tell people, and you know, for whoever listens, is listen to the people that know exactly what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. So listen to the proper scientists listen to the proper um, officials that deal with you know situations like this on a daily basis Mm -hmm. i only say that because you know there's a lot of people that have a lot of conspiracy theorists that they listen to Mm -hmm. that are not fully in the front line that that they give people too many fear fears Mm -hmm. about certain things so Mm -hmm. my thing is you always want to listen to people yeah you know and mm. and you know if if you're too afraid of it don't watch the news too much yes because the news could always put extra fear for things that you know shouldn't be as fearful you know yes exactly so that's that was kind of the idea around uh, why i wanted to create a podcast right i wanted to create a podcast to bring 
real life experience of people going to the COVID-19 with their expertise, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to read some, um, I, I just Google the situation uh, the corona, on the corona, coronavirus in uh, New York cities. Um, and just some update that just came in today. Uh, I'm just going to read that just to end on a positive note as well, right? Uh, so mm -hmm. it's on ctvnews.ca. So the coronavirus death toll in New York dropped again, a sign that government, Governor Andrew Cuomo said Sunday means the state is on the other side of the plateau and that ongoing social distancing practices are working to stem the spread of the virus. Cuomo said that five or seven people died on Saturday, down 33 from the previous day, and by 271 since last Monday. Other indicators were going in the right direction, the governor said. Hospitalization went down by more than 750 to 16, 16.213. Um, so that's another sign uh, that we're, you're doing a good job in the city of New York. And I think mm -hmm. the city of New York is like, it's the melting pot, right? It's like, yes. I think it's a bit, people are asking, but why is there so much death toll in Rome, in, in Italy? Because, well, we know that this space were a tourism area, you know, that people were there and then people were not practicing social distancing. And as a matter of fact, when I went to New York in October and I went to uh, Times Square Garden, I was a bit dizzy because there was too much people around. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I, took, I was so a little bit busy. It was too much people around. And that day took my entire energy. And I was like, this is the last time <laughs> that I'm going to the Times Square Garden. Like, I literally say that, you know, because it was too much people. So understanding that this is a virus that you need to keep a social distance. And if we were not in keeping the social distance, and that's why we had that, that toll. And I really hope that, you know, everywhere around the world that people are keeping the social distance and then we are actually yeah. flattering the curve, the curve mm -hmm. that will save life and the curve that will bring yeah. us back to the new normal. And, and at the same time too, when you speak about places like Italy mm -hmm. um, or Germany, you know, it's unfortunate, you know, the death toll that they had in Italy, but at the same time, if you look at it, the structure they have mm -hmm. in their health field, unfortunately mm -hmm. is not as, what's the word, as strong or as as, uh, as, as organized as organized as it is in you know in other places like in Germany for example mm -hmm. you know so that's why you saw the the cases and the death toll rise so quickly mm -hmm. because they didn't have that much so, uh, um facilities for facilities. for people to um the hospital was overflowed like they were, they exactly. were experiencing the biggest issue that the, the the coronavirus does and also the reason why as well is i think the transmission was already communal because yeah. it's a city mm -hmm. it's tourism right and yeah and at the same time too it also showed even through that pandemic in italy it also showed how people came together mm -hmm. to fight it because to if fight you, it. Once, once you so once they shut down the whole that whole country mm -hmm. everybody understood what they needed to do Mm -hmm. to get better and mm -hmm. it took time you know it wasn't something that happened overnight it took their time mm -hmm. but if it, their their curve started to flatten themselves mm -hmm. to the point where you know they're eventually going to get back you know i don't want to say get back to their feet as normal but they're going to start looking at things differently now. differently 100 yeah. percent. and then uh, behind the covid19 we should be we should come together we need to come together we need to come together as a community we need to come together as humanity we need to come together as human beings. And I, f and I really hope that this challenge that we all faced, which was a 
health crisis, but also a challenge that challenged our educational system. It challenged all the different institutions that we value so much from family to education to all of them institutions, right? So I think that I hope that this will be um, a lesson for us to know that we always have to come together. Exactly, you know, and at this, and also it also it makes us it makes us learn about how to take care of each other. Also, mm-hmm. you know, and it's it's sad, you know, especially here in in the United States, it's sad that you know there's some parts of the country where they're not getting it. Mm-hmm. In in a way where what I mean like that is people are risking their lives just to mm-hmm. get back to normal. Mm-hmm. In in a pandemic in a pandemic like this, there's still people out there that's trying to fight and say, "Hey, I want my freedom back. I want I want to go back to work. I want to do this." Mm-hmm. Knowing that you know their states are locked still down, been locked down, or they have multiple cases still building up, and there's people out there that still feel like they think that this is the time now, exactly to, to reopen. That's why I respect. Um, our governor Cuomo so much because he's taking it as serious as any other governor mm-hmm. that I've seen, you yes. know, throughout this pandemic. That's why if you go on the news news channels, he his press conference is shown the most mm-hmm. because he's showing the urgency that most people don't. Mm-hmm. Well, and and you see him coming together. I, I was seeing that the state of New Jersey tweeting. Uh, what, uh, what, what did it tweet again? Like Wagwan, right? Yeah, something <laughs> like that. Um, something like that, it, right? Yeah. And if you notice, if you notice, um, the last time I checked, his approval rating is at eighty-seven percent. They need to go all the way up to one hundred. <laughs> you know, um, unfortunately for our president, you know, his approval rating is just at forty-nine. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you know, to me, you know, I'm I, I'm a free-spirited person. I'm not bias and anything else but it's i always look at things differently it's like it's funny how the person who's in charge of the whole country mm-hmm. isn't acting i mean i'm sorry let me bring it back the governor of my state of new york is acting more of a leader mm-hmm. and as a person as acting as a president mm-hmm. than our actual president right now mm. and it's sad Mm-hmm. You know, it's sad when you go on the news and you see friction all the time when he's on television mm-hmm. or when you hear him, when you hear him talking to other people, other reporters. But then we look at Cuomo, everything is at ease. I think it's also communicate. I think you know the one thing that I will say, right? Uh, and to your point, I'm not going to say I agree or I don't agree, but I think what I'm going to bring it to it's the communication style. And yeah. I think during this crisis, we've seen all the leaders around the world like how are they dealing with the virus? How are they dealing with the with containing their population inside? And I think a lot of it has to do with the communication style. Mm-hmm. If you're not going to understand that you need to change your communication style because of the moment that we are living in, if you don't understand that you need to actually make your population feel safe when you're coming on stage right and this is a communication style and i will even say a mentoring moment right i think president also needs some mentoring as well as well right because i'm pretty sure Mm -hmm. this is his first time dealing with something like covid19 right so it's happening everywhere so don't like we can go even in some African countries, <laughs> you know. Um, everything has to do with the interests of the leaders as well, yeah. right? So, oh, 
Big shout out, big shout out to um, my president in Ghana. Yeah. For, for, <laughs> for stepping up, uh, for doing his part throughout this whole this whole um, crisis. Crazy. And um and and shout out to all the all the leaders in Africa, good and bad, mm-hmm. that they're doing their best. And I also give big shout outs to your to your prime minister. Yes, Canada. Yeah. But all I want for our listener and for people to understand that you know. We have to look from what's happening outside. Mm. What are the strategies that are working? Who is the leader that's leading it the best? And how? What is it doing? What are the strategies that are using to contain the virus? Can we do it here? And if we were to do it here, how is it going to look like, right? If we're going to do yeah. it here. And I think... My, go ahead. My thing is, the biggest challenge for me is, is once this is, Over. This is done. Yeah. So once, you know, once the, the whole premise of us, okay... Everybody's back outside, you know, like business could go back to normal. How as us as a people are going to react to certain things now? How are we gonna how are we gonna react to okay, if I'm sick, how am I gonna react when I'm when I'm not feeling good now? You stay know, home. Like, you should stay home. But for me, when I cough, I don't go out. Because this has been something that my mom told me. Because when you're sick, you do not go out because you can, your germ, people can receive your germ. You can spread it out. Yep. This is something that our parents told us when we grew up, right? Exactly. So a lot of people are feeling that are being um, mature, uh, you know, they've been, how to say that? What's the word? Um, Mom, I know what you're trying to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? The word, the word, the word is not coming word. up to me myself, but I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I know the word in French, maternité. But somebody, we'll, we'll get it. It'll come up later. As soon as this podcast is over, you're going to be like, that's the word. And you're going to get mad with yourself. Well, motherly, people they felt like they were being treated like infants. Smothered. Right? Yeah. What's the word? Like smothering? Yeah. Like one thing is that if you're sick, you don't go out. Mm-hmm. Or if you're sick, we got the remedies that we can we can give you right away, so you can feel better. Exactly. Once you feel better, you can go. And in French, you go. It's called childcare. So this whole thing is childcare. And I'm not talking about childcare that you give. You know that word became the childcare. It was actually it was actually uh, an education that we were giving mom, especially in Africa, at the very mm-hmm. early stage. They were giving this because they realized that they did not have a lot of. Uh, um, hospital to take care of the kids after the kids was burned, born. So you have to, women had to go to this education where you have to know, okay, if the, if the kid had a minor flu, how to help contain the flu, right? All build, those different, build your own rem- build, making your own remedies and everything like that. All those, different, sure. yep. those things were, those are all coming back right now. They're all coming back. I see in the news that, uh, women, pregnant women are being asked to start considering birthing from home. Yeah. Right. So when you see, you, have you? Is that something that you experience in the state as well? As a recommendation. Um, for the most, for the most part, yes. Because um, unfortunately, because of the COVID nineteen, is so such a priority. Mm-hmm. Um, there, some places they're either you know pushing back mm-hmm. from bringing certain type of patients into the hospital, mm-hmm. or you know, in certain hospitals, we're trying to we're trying to prioritize certain rooms that can mm-hmm. fit those those um those type of patients versus the covert 19 patients so for mm-hmm. example um we were supposed to have in my the building that i work in it was originally it was an ambulatory building mm-hmm. but because of the the pandemic our building was the the last building to start getting patients in mm-hmm. 
and we were supposed to open up a two new uh, a new wing, which is for um, maternity mm-hmm. and for uh, for pregnant uh, maternity ward and for pregnancies. Mm-hmm. So for the most part, we had to push it back a little. Yeah. Because of that. So at the same time, we're we're basically telling patients who are pregnant or who mm-hmm. have kids to go to another location within our our tree. Mm-hmm. Because obviously, you know, our main campuses can't really support that at the moment right now. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, this, um, this pandemic is more important, unfortunately. Um, but I did hear, you know, I don't, I don't know how true it is in other hospitals. I did hear, you know, certain uh places saying you know you might have to do a in-home mm-hmm. um, pregnancy you know and we have a lot of doula right in the state right are they stepping yeah. up are they, are they stepping up to the roles do you uh for, for me personally i'm not sure mm-hmm. i would hope so well, <laughs> you don't you cannot it's okay if you don't have to cover it i was just trying to see yeah. more information for oh, no. <laughs> so thank you all i think that's the kind of conclusion of uh our, uh, I want to leave the audience with a very positive note from you. So this is what I want you to do. I want you to tell us one, mm. how, like, what would be, you know, especially in you being a non-essential like, worker after this whole crisis, you know, how are you going to reappreciate, you know, your life, right? Like, how is it, you know, how is it, you know what I'm just like, how, what would be the big change for you after COVID-19, especially you being on the front line right now, one, and two, just give us a just good advice for our audience and that will ha- that's how we'll be wrapping up. Um, advice, I will just say to people, you know, all over, take care of yourself mm-hmm. as much as you can. Um, if you feel like you have a fever, just try to take take that care, take care of it as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Those who are like, oh, I have a little fever. I can get away with it and keep going well because you never know what that fever yes. can lead to. Yes. And for me, um, I think once this is all said and done for myself, is you know, the same thing I have to say with my advice is I just look at things differently now. Mm-hmm. I look at on how I take care of myself. Mm-hmm. If I am sick or I'm on the verge of being sick, you know, mm-hmm. even though to me I have, I do things in a in a positive way to keep myself healthy. It's safe. Yeah, um, I just I'll just look view things better now. Mm-hmm. You know, if that makes any sense. Because um, you because yeah, you take all the different habits since you are essential worker. You take all these different yeah. habits to ensure that yes, you're gonna go out, but I want to ensure that my immune system is solid. And what you're saying is that. And for the listener as well, is that all the habits that we build during this COVID-19, let's just take it forward and move with them. Yeah. And at the same time, and one more thing, you know, for everybody, it's, this is, you know, throughout this whole pandemic, this is the best way for people to come together. Yes. Especially families. Just Mm -hmm. don't, you know, once this is all said and done is don't be like, okay, I'm done. I'm out. Mm -hmm. Everything that we've done before in the house as a family is all dead and gone. Continue it. Continue, yes. che- continue checking up on people that you continue staying home with your wife up. and your husband. Yes, or with your kids, okay. you know, or even if you're if you're not married, you have kids, you know, continue to check on people that you care about. Mm-hmm. Because you know, a situation like this, you never know. Yes, what you know, who's going to be here, who's not going to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, you never know who you might never know. You might call somebody and say, "Hey, listen, let me tell you something. I had it." It is what I had to do. 
mm-hmm. you know so i hope you know your listeners are hearing this and they and they say you know what they're right you know mm-hmm. maybe after this they might get make a phone call to somebody they never heard they ever spoken to in years Well, let's do an action item for our listener. So, and we wrap it we want to wrap this podcast up. So, if you're listening to this podcast, thank you so much for listening and thank you so much for getting to that to the end of the podcast and what we want you to do Nana and myself is to just check up on one person every single day a person that you haven't checked up on in the last couple of days just to ensure that they're okay it's not because you're okay that means that other people are okay too. So, we, we need to create a human support system <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> well thank you so much nana for having us today thank you so much for coming and you know using your time your free time to be with us on the podcast we're very grateful for that and i appreciate you once again i appreciate the invite i appreciate being on the, your podcast and i wish you nothing but more success with your podcast oh, and more you. and you know more smiles like i can see right now and more <laughs> and more great topics I could hear later on. Thank you so much and I wish you all the best as well. Okay. Bye now. Later. <laughs> <laughs>